here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Now we'll just start at volume number three. So in volume number one, we told you this morning, part one, in volume one, God made us partake of his inheritance. Part three and four, what is the eternal inheritance? Part five and six, God delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. Volume number two, part one, what is the kingdom of darkness? Part three and four, God has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Part five and six, Christ is the kingdom of God. That's already been fulfilled. Jesus preached the kingdom. Paul preached the revelation of the kingdom or the revelation of the mystery. Paul, Jesus preached the mystery. Paul preached the revelation of the mystery. The mystery was the kingdom of God. The revelation is Christ. Christ is the kingdom of God. Now we invite number three. God has forgiven you. Receive it. That's my message. Going to come to you right now. God has forgiven you. Receive it. You can't get it until you receive it. Forgiveness is God's grace. I'm going to give you a lot of that the next, next service. That'll be next week. God has forgiven you. All of God's grace has to be received. You can't do nothing to earn it. Just receive it. So we're going to give you a, a definition of the word receive. The word receive means to take what's given you. The word receive means take what's given you. Look at somebody and say, take it. God has given you his forgiveness. Take it. When God gives you his grace, take it. It's paid for. Look at somebody and say, it's paid for. See, God's grace is already free. It's paid for. Christ, Christ died on the cross. Christ paid for it on the cross. Take it. Receive it. That's God's grace. What an awesome, what an awesome thing when God gives you something. Okay, now, what I want to do today, I want to get some more of this because this morning, we, we told you this morning that God had promised. So we went to Isaiah 43, 25. God said, I remember your sins no more. Then we went to Isaiah 118. He told you that your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And then we gave you Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. God said, I will forgive the iniquity. I will remember the sin no more. He promised and he did it. And then we showed you in Hebrew 9.22, without the shedding of blood, is no forgiveness. So God had to have his son to go to the cross before you can have forgiveness. And so it's really a lie, if I can say it that, that somebody can tell you they can baptize you in water in Jesus' name and you can receive forgiveness of sin. That is a lie. Don't let nobody deceive you. You only can get forgiveness of sin through his blood. Colossians 1.14, I'm going to give it to you two times. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He's going to tell you that again in Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Then he's going to tell you it's according to the riches of his grace. Now if it's according to the riches of his grace, this is what his grace is. His death on the cross is his grace. His dying, buried, and raised again from the dead is his grace. It's according to what he has done for you. That's God's grace. Don't be deceived. 
Then we showed you again where Michael chapter 7 verse 18, thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. What an, what an awesome God. That's what God had done for us. Then I went to Hebrew chapter 10. You get this morning teaching, verse 12 through 18, Christ offered, Christ offered one sacrifice for sins. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 12. Let me show it to you. Hebrew 10, 12. So when somebody tell you you can get baptized in water in Jesus' name for remission of sin, they lying. They've been deceived. That's religion, tradition of men. Hebrew chapter number 10 and verse number 12. Just one verse. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever, one sacrifice for sins, forever. I want somebody to shout it out. One sacrifice for sin forever. Man, it's an awesome thing. Christ offered one sacrifice for sin forever. Man, if I could sing, I'd put that baby in a song right now. Christ offered one sacrifice for sin forever. Hello. One sacrifice. Hallelujah. One sacrifice for sin forever. Don't let nobody deceive you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One sacrifice for sin. One sac I said one sacrifice for sin. Yes, sir. Forever. What a mighty God we serve. Don't let nobody deceive you, see. And then I showed you in Hebrew chapter number 8, we have a new covenant. Let's, let's show you that. We have a new covenant. Hebrew chapter number 8, I'm going to start with verse number uh, 1. We, first, we got a better covenant. Hebrew chapter 8, verse 1. Let me show you we got a better covenant. Hebrew chapter 8, verse 1. Now the things we have spoken of, this is the sum. Hebrew chapter 8, verse 1. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary, and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. Every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices whereof it is necessity that this man has somewhat also to offer. For if he was on earth, he should have not have been a priest, seeing that these, they are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make of the tabernacle, for see, says he, that thou make all things according to the pattern that showed you in the mount. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much more he is, watch this, is the mediator of a better covenant. Somebody said better covenant. See, you're not John the Baptist. You've got to be baptized in water to be saved. You're not, that's John the Baptist's covenant. That was over, over under the law. You've got a better covenant. He's the mediator. Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established, watch this, upon better promises. Then I'm going to show you, we go into chapter number, I mean, verse 1, Hebrew chapter 8, and verse 7, a new covenant. He talked the first six verses of a better, somebody said a better covenant. And now we're going to go to verse 7. And he's going to show you a new covenant. Here it is. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. But finding fault with them, God, finding fault with them, not me, God. He says, behold, the day comes, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Somebody say a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, with Pastor how we get into the house of Israel and the house of Judah? In Christ. Christ was the house of Israel. Christ was of the house of Judah. All right, that's how you got in. 
not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand, laid them out the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant, here it is, that I would make with the house of Israel in, the, in those days, saith the Lord. I would put my laws into their minds. I write them in their hearts. I'll be their God. They should be my people. And they should not teach every man his neighbor, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. Why, Lord? Why everybody going to know you? Because I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquity. Don't drop your cup. Will I remember no more? Their sins and their iniquity I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. We talk about 2,000 years ago. We got a new covenant. You can't go all the way back to Acts 2.38. That's the old covenant. That's the Old Testament. You can't go back there and tell me about salvation. The apostle Paul was not in his ministry until Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 2 is the ministry of the apostle Peter. All right, let's move on. Now, but I want to I show you from the beginning to the end. First, John preached the baptism of repentance first. Let's show you what he did, show you why he did it. Look at Luke chapter 3. We're going to move a little fast. Luke chapter 3, the first three verses. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judea, Herod being the teacher of Galilee, his brother Philip, teacher of Iurea, and the region of Tynicus, Lysania, the teacher of Abilene, Annas and Caiaphas as being the high priest, the word of God came unto John. That's powerful. The word of God. Out of all those big time, big time titles, the word of God came to a man in the wilderness had camel hell. The word of God came to John, not them. It came to pass all the country about Jordan, watch this, preaching. John went about all the countries round about Jordan, preaching what? He preached a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now you got to understand, he was preaching the baptism of repentance for remission of sin. Otherwise, if you come to John baptism, he baptized you in water, your sin will be forgiven. That's what God was because they were in the Old Testament. So you got to follow the progress because people go right there and that's where they stay. All right? So you want to put down number one, the baptism of John. John preached the baptism of repentance. Who did he preach it to? Let me show you, Acts 13. Let the Bible do his own talking. Acts 13 and verse 24. Who did John preach to? Who did he preach the baptism of repentance to? All right, watch this. Acts 13, 24. When John had preached the baptism before the coming, when he preached Christ's coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. When John had first preached before his coming, before Christ came, he preached the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. See, people are trying to teach you, preach to you today the baptism of repentance. Oh, you got to repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. For the remission of sin. That's what John the Baptist and Peter preached to Israel. He was still trying to preach to that to be saved. 
No, you got to preach Christ now. You got to preach Christ. All right. Watch this, but I'm just going to show you in the Word of God. So first, you put in your note, John preached the baptism of repentance to all Israel. Now we're going to go to, now we're going to, go to number two. After Jesus rose from the dead, let's go to John chapter 20, verse 19. John 20, 19. After Jesus rose from the dead, the power was given to the disciples to forgive sin. Don't drop your cup. John chapter number 20 and verse number 19. Jesus gave the power. See, because John was put in prison. John was beheaded. When Jesus came in ministry, Jesus now had the power to forgive sin. What? Let me say it again. When Jesus came in the ministry, John now was dead. The ministry moved from John the Baptist to Jesus. Let me show you the verse. Luke 16, 16. Come right back. We come right back. Luke 16, 16. And Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man pressed into it. All right? So the law and the prophet was a John. The law and the prophet. Now here it is, John the Baptist comes telling Israel, okay, remember they've been 400 years. They have never heard from God in 400 years. So John the Baptist came. The word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness saying, go to Israel, tell Israel to repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because Jesus was coming. All right. Now, things only change when Jesus came. When John preached, you had to repent for the remission of sins. But now we're going to move to Jesus came. Things only change. Now the power was given to Jesus. Watch this. So let's go look at that first before I do John. The power was given to Jesus. Let's go, to, let's go show you that in Matthew chapter number uh, 9, verse 1 through 8. Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Why am I showing you this? Because the power now is given to Jesus. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. And he entered into the ship, passed over and came unto the city. And behold, they brought him a man sick of the palsy, laying on the bed, and Jesus, seeing their face, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, your sin be forgiven. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who, who does God think he is? Who does God? Now, John the Baptist could baptize you in water, and your sin will forgive you. Now the power was given from John the Baptist because he was beheaded. Now that power was given to Jesus. So in Matthew chapter number 9, verse 1, Jesus had the power. And Jesus is going to say to the man with the sickle of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Wait, wait a minute. He hasn't been baptized in no water. Yeah, but you're not under John's ministry. You're under Jesus. Jesus did not water baptize anybody. But he had power to forgive sin. See, you don't get forgive sin just because you got water baptized. Showing you right here, Jesus says, thy sin be forgiven thee. And then verse number three says, and behold, Satan of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, saying, wherein think ye evil in your heart? Well, it's easy to say, that, what's it easy to say? Your sins be forgiven you? Arise 
and walk. What's, what's easier if I tell a man rise up and walk or tell him his sin be forgiven you? It's the same thing. But that you might know that the Son of Man, watch this, has power on earth to forgive sins. Jesus had power to forgive sin. You didn't have to baptize to get your sins forgiven. Don't drop your cup now. So he said to the man, arise, take up your bed, go in your own house. He arose and departed to his own house. The multitude saw the marvel glorifying God, which had given such power to men. Jesus was given the power. He didn't have to baptize a man in water for a sin to be forgiven. He just told the man, your sins are forgiven you by healing him. Rise, take up your walk. Take up your bed and walk. All right? Now, what is going on? See, God is showing us it's not in the water. You get me later. Let's go show you another one. Now, let's go to Matthew 16, 18. Now, what is Jesus going to do to this power? Let, let's stop at chapter 10. See, if I go, I can go, I can go all the way through here. Chapter number 10, verse 1. And when, when he had called unto his 12 disciples, he gave them power. Now, now wait a minute. What are he going to give them power to do? He's not going to give them the power to forgive sins yet. He's going to give them power to do something else. But he's eventually going to give them power to forgive sins because he's not going to be there no more. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power, watch this, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases. He gave them power. Now, watch what happened. When I follow this same story, I'm going to take you over to Matthew 16. Now, they're going to have their power, but they're going to have to know who he is to get it. Follow me along. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciple. We had Matthew 16, 13 in the King James. He asked the disciple, who do men say I the son of man am? Now, what does he want to do now? He want to give them power to forgive sins. And the power to forgive sins... Here it is. It's called the keys of the kingdom. The power to forgive sins is called the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Let me say it again. The power to forgive, key, to forgive sin is called the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So we don't need that power now. To forgive sins. Pastor, why? Because sins have already been forgiven, man. So the gospel of the kingdom was preached to Israel. And they had power to forgive sin. They follow me alone. First, John the Baptist baptized for the remission of sins. Second, Jesus had all the power to forgive sin. But he's going to also give it to his apostles. Watch this. Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 14. Some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, but whom say ye that I am? Now what is he getting ready to do here? He wants to see who, who qualified for the keys. Who can he get the keys to? What keys, pastor? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. What they for, pastor? So you can forgive sin. And anybody need to be healed, you can heal them. Wow. A lot of power, right? Yeah. But watch this. Only one man in verse 16. Simon Peter answered, 
You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Well, what was God doing? He was letting Jesus know that's the guy I'm giving the power to. That's the guy I'm giving the keys of the kingdom to. Now watch what Jesus is going to say in verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. Blessed. God chose you out of all these guys to give the keys to. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. Why did the Father reveal that to Peter and not the rest? Because he would be the one God was going to give the keys to. Now when Jesus rises from the dead, He's going to give more than them the keys, more than Peter. But right now, Peter's going to have the keys. And then he said to Peter, I say to you that thou art Peter. Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's what he gave Peter. Now, how you know Peter had the keys? Because he said to Peter, Whatsoever thou bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What is he telling Peter? Whoever you forgive on earth shall be forgiven in heaven. Whatever you forgive on earth is going to be forgiven in heaven, Peter. Whoever's bound with any demonic powers or any sickness, any, whoever you forgive will be forgiven in heaven. You're going to have the power to bind and loose. All right. Now, let's show you that same thing in Matthew 18, 18. In Matthew 18 and 18. Verily I say to you, whatsoever you shall bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now wait a minute. Watch what he's saying. When one brother sinned against another, he told them what to do. Watch what he says. Verily I say to you, whosoever or whatsoever, whatsoever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. That's what he's talking about. The word bound means to forgive and not to forgive. All right. Now watch what happened. He's going go to go to John at the end of John when he rises from the dead in chapter 20. Is what I want to show you. Now when Jesus gets to chapter 20, he's he's been raised from the dead. Now he's going to appear to Mary Magdalene in this teaching. But down here in verse 16. Matthew 20 and 16. Watch what's going to happen. Oh, this is so good. I'm going to read that. I'm going to, I want to get to verse 19, but I want to start up here. Jesus said to Mary, she turned herself and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said to her, Church me not. Watch this. I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I, I ascend to my father, your father, my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and he told the disciple that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Now watch what happened here. In verse number 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be unto you. When he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then, when they were glad, they had seen the Lord. Then were they glad they had seen the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. And my Father has sent me, watch this, even so sent I you. Now, remember, he was getting ready to tell them to go into all the world and preach the gospel 
It's like he did in Matthew 28, 18. But watch what he was, watch what he's going to give them. See, a lot of people think God told you to go in all the world and preach the gospel. What did he give you? You better find that out first. Verse 22, he said, even as my father has sent me, so I send you in verse 21. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Wow. You got to make sure you receive the Holy Ghost already. Now he's going to say to these men that he's sending, which is his 11 apostles, because one of them killed himself. Whosoever sins, you remit. That remember the word remit is to forgive. Whoever sins, you forgive. Whoever sins, you pardon. Whoever sins, whoever sins, you cancel. You release from an offender. You remove from one's account. See, that's the act of pardon. Whoever sins, you remit or forgive. They are remitted under them. And whoever sins you retain, they are retained. See, that's the same thing Matthew 18, 18 used, bind and loosen. Whoever sins you bind, whoever sins you loose. See, if you bind them on earth, they're bound in heaven. Loose them on earth, they're loose in heaven. All right? That's the same thing as whoever sins you retain. See, they use the word retain, they are retained. All right? Now, what an awesome thing that Jesus gave the power now to his apostles. So they went from, from John the Baptist baptizing for the mission of sins. You went from Jesus not baptizing, saying to the man, thy sin be forgiven you because he healed him in Matthew chapter 9. Now he gave the apostles the power. Now they had the power to forgive sins themselves. Now, let's go to the next one. Now this moves down to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. See, now they're getting into the book of Acts. Now watch what Peter going to preach. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God had made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So Peter's telling him, look, Jesus is on the throne now. He's both Lord and Christ. He's been given all power. Now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. Watch this. Now what were they repenting about? Because they had killed Jesus. See, they wasn't repenting like John the Baptist says. They repented because these people just killed the wrong man. See, when you read Acts chapter 2, they are told him, you killed the wrong man. Let me, let me back up and read some of this to you. <laughs> That's why they had to repent. That's why you got to understand. So if you go back to verse 29, Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David. He's both dead and buried, and the sceptre is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God has sworn with an oath with him uh, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ as still his strong. So in, let's, go back to, let's go back further. Verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself know. Watch this. Him being 
de delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken him by your wicked hands, have crucified and slain. They killed the wrong man. Somebody said they killed the wrong man. Now, now we know he was the right man, but that's what Peter let them know at that time. You would kill Jesus, so you got to repent. So when, they, when he said, then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. So now, watch what Peter said to them. Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. All right, now watch this. We went from John the Baptist, baptized Israel. John preached the baptism of repentance. Then Jesus didn't have to water baptize. Jesus' disciples could, could heal people, forgive people without baptizing them. Now we come to Peter. What Peter preached, repent, be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? Now let's go to number four. Hebrew, Hebrew chapter 9, verse 22 is going to say, without the shedding of blood, is no forgiveness. So if, if, you stay, if you stay with John the Baptist, you haven't shed no blood. Jesus hadn't died. If you go over here with Peter, he hadn't died. Jesus forgave. But now Paul comes and said, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. So what are you going to go by? Baptism or the shedding of blood? Without the shedding of blood, I'm, I'm hoping. And then, Hebrews chapter 10, I show you verse 18 already. Christ paid the price once and for all. See, let, let, let me just give you some, some record here. Let me give you some good stuff here. That's what I call it. Some good stuff. Somebody said, we're getting ready to get some good stuff. I'm telling you right now, man. You're getting ready to get some good stuff. God has forgiven you. Receive it. All right? Now. I'm going to give you Romans chapter 4, NLT. We got about a half hour. Man, you're going to be so good. This stuff's going to be so good, you're going to be jumping up in your night telling somebody from now, God has forgiven you. Receive it. Let me show you this in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Don't have to be baptized in water no more to get forgiveness of sins. That's the law. Romans chapter 4. Let, let me just show you the word now. Verse 7. We're going to read out the NLT. Romans 4, 7. Oh, this is so good. Oh, what joy for those who, who, whose disobedience is forgiven. Now, this is reading out the NLT. Romans 4, 7. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. yes. What joy for those whose record the Lord had cleared of sin. Isn't that awesome? God has cleared your record of sin. That's Romans chapter number 4, 7 and 8. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. We're going to hold on to the NLT for a while. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. How did he do it, Pastor? He is so rich. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he has purchased our freedom. Purchased. He purchased our freedom with his own blood. 
Don't let nobody tell you nobody baptized you in water and you got free from sin. Christ, let me read it again. Ephesians 1 and 7 out of NLT. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Man, that's awesome. That's some good stuff. But I'm not done with you. Oh, I got some word for you. Look at Ephesians 2, chapter 4. You right there. In the, in the NLT, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. See, this is why the Bible says, for by grace are you saved. You can't be saved no other way. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, but God, who is so rich in his mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, let me say it again, we were dead because of our sins. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ, seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all the future ages for an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 8, God saved you by his grace. Oh, if I could, oh my God. Oh my God. Let, 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 me, let, me, let, let me walk to this camera a while. God saved you by his grace. Hallelujah. That all be good to you. It's good right here. God saved you by his grace. But I'm not done. I'm not done with you today. You're not getting off that light. God saved you by his grace when you believed. Oh my God. Isn't that simple? God saved you by his grace when you believed. Now what does it mean to believe? Receive it. God saved you by his grace when you receive it. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you this by the word of the Lord that's in that book. If you hold on to water baptism for your salvation, listen to me real good, you're going to die, your soul is going to go to hell. You trying to prove God's whole Bible is wrong? Christ died for your sins. Receive it. Ephesians chapter 2. Once again, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believe. You can't credit, you can't take credit for this. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Isn't that simple? You can't take credit for this. Somebody say, it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. None of us can boast about it. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us brand new in Christ Jesus. So we can do the things he planned for us to do long time ago. Wow, what an awesome God. And one of the things he planned for us to do long, thing, long time ago, giving thanks to the Father. 
for the mighty God we serve. I'm not done. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 24. We still in the NLT. Romans chapter 3. Oh, this is good. Oh, it's so good. Romans chapter 3. This word is so good. We're just going to read verse 24 and 25. All this is good, but I'm going to read verse 24 and verse 25. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declared that we are righteous. God declared that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. God freed us from the penalty. You know what the penalty is? The wage of sin was death. But the gift of God is eternal life. What a mighty God we serve. He made us right by placing our, when we placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Watch this. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that. Hallelujah. You're made right with God when you believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice showed that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the time past. What an awesome God. He's a just God, merciful God, faithful God. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy through the redemption. Once again, Romans 3.24. Redemption, brother. Romans 3.24. Redemption. Everything happened because God had done it. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Once again, I want to read once again. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declared that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when, we, when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Oh, my God. Mighty God we serve. Mighty God we serve. Let's go, let's go to another one. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 32. Ephesians. Oh, my God, my God. Ephesians chapter 4. Man, when you get in this word, you start studying this word, it's getting gooder and gooder. Ephesians 4, 32. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 32. This is a powerful verse, boy. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteed that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Let's go to verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh slanders, well as types of evil behavior. Here it is, verse 32. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Wait a minute, why should we forgive one another? Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. That's why you ought to forgive people. You shouldn't be walking around, let me talk to this camera a little while. You shouldn't be walking around angry with people. Forgive them. Well, you just don't know what they did to me. Forgive them. All the stuff that you have done, God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you of all sin. Then he tells you to forgive others because he has forgiven you. See, you don't, you don't, it's not right for you to, 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 catch a, to have a grudge against somebody. 
I'm going to get him back. You just don't know what he did. What if God got you back? What if God got you back? What if God paid you back? All the stuff you've done, God wiped your record clean. Oh, my God, my God. I just can't say enough. I got so much word here. I got so much word here. L- listen, l- let, me, let me show you something. I'm going to show you so much. L- look, look, at, look, at a, look at this one. Let me show you something in Daniel. Daniel 9, 24. Th- this is going to be so awesome. You know, I, I, I did some promises earlier. I missed out on this one, so I'm going to go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. Now, God promised to do this. And he did. Daniel chapter 9, verse number 24. Just one verse. Let me show you what God said he's going to do. Daniel chapter 9, verse number 24. This is what God said he's going to do. 70 weeks. Daniel 9, 24. A period of 70 sets of seven has been declared for your people, Daniel, and your holy city, watch this, 490 years. Now remember this Old Testament. Jesus came and did it at the right time. He said, look, Daniel, your people, the Jews, your holy city, watch what God going to do. It's going it's to be, he had decreed for your people and for your holy city to finish their rebellion. Number one. Number two, put an end to their sin. That's what Jesus came and did. Atone, pay for their guilt with his own blood. Bring in everlasting righteousness. That's what Jesus did. Confirm the prophetic vision. That's why he gave it to the Apostle Paul. Anoint the most holy. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. Anoint the most holy place. That was the church. The body of Christ. Isn't that awesome? He has come and he has done everything. That was, that was Daniel 9, 24. And yet people don't want to give him the praise. We're going to give him praise in this house. In this house, and one somebody going to be praised up in here. And that's going to be the Heavenly Father. Giving thanks to the Father. I don't care what happened. And I know God hears my prayer, but don't, you don't have to thank me. Thank the Father. I got up yesterday morning. My phone rang yesterday morning. Woke me up yesterday morning. One of the members of this church. I haven't heard anything yet. But I know in my spirit that God has done it. Taking the St. Joe. His heart has stopped beating. But call me back and say, Pastor Crump, they're responding now. They called me for prayer yesterday morning. Seven o'clock in the morning, I think it was. Pray. Mama just got it. We just took Mama to the hospital. I said, I text him back and said, let him know I'm praying now. Talking to my God. They called me back and said, Pastor Crump, she's responding now. She did, first, they didn't have no heartbeat, nothing. Then the doctor said, all this is going to happen, all this is going to happen. And then later on, I got another phone call. Lady goes to this church, told me her son 
They didn't know what happened. He was having seizures, and they had to go to the hospital, pray. Why can't I come in here in the morning time and give God the praise? Because I'm seeing not just what God has done, what he's keep doing over and over and over. Somebody give him praise in this place. When this mother saw what happened to her son, she went into a shock. She went into a shock until the daughter called me and said, Mama can't even talk, Pastor Clinton. She can't can't say nothing. She's in a shock. Took her son to the hospital, just graduated from high school. I said, let her know, Pastor's praying. That's all I got to tell you. Hey, I'm praying. I, ain't nothing I can do. God told me to be instant in prayer. Now, that's what I told her. Tell her your pastor's praying. They called me right back and said, she's talking now, pastor. She's talking now. I said, well, let her know everything's okay. Then later on, she called me on the phone. She said, pastor, my son is at home. Pray for him now, Pastor. Give him some counsel. He's at home. I just put him on the phone. That's the kind of God we serve. Over and over and over, all through the day, God doing an awesome work. I gave my own testimony last week. Some of you heard it. About a couple, two or three weeks ago. I had open heart surgery. Waited to the last minute. At that time, my pulse pressure, pulse pressure was down to 15. I'm in prayer for somebody in this church that called me and told me that they, they pulse pressure was down. I prayed for them. They haven't called me back. They know who I'm talking about. I pray to God, speak to their heart. I get a phone call today. Once God do it for you, you're supposed to tell it. Call the man of God up. I had a person call me on the phone. I'm getting to a point because I'm going to tell you what they says. They said, Pastor Crump, I know you're a man of God. This is what that woman said to me. She said, my mother don't have a heartbeat. They took her to the hospital. She's not breathing. But I know you're a man of God, and God heals your prayers. I need you to pray for my mother. I need you to pray for my mother. I know God will hear you if you pray for my mother. I text her back and said, the pastor's praying right now. She called me back and said, Pastor, things are changing. Things are turning around. God's moving. I'm telling you what I know. My pulse pressure was 15. I'm going to look, look this front camera right here. Come right up on GW. I want them to hear this. My pulse pressure, talking about with your heart, I had to have open heart surgery. My pulse pressure was 15. One five, 15. Doctor said to me, 
You're going to have to pass my physical before I can do surgery. Now, my pressure's at 15, and he's telling me that I'm going to have to pass his physical, which was an all-day event. And had to come back Monday and finish up all day Saturday. Well, guess what? God's grace is sufficient. Let me say it again. I said God's grace is enough. I passed the physical. See, you don't understand. I was on my vacation in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. My children said to me, because I didn't remember, said, Dad, we had to put you in a wheelchair. We had to go and get oxygen for you. We had to bring you back home, put you in St. William Beaumont Hospital on Woodward, cancel our vacation. While I was in William Beaumont Hospital, a man came in there and had me a, had me a, a car and told me who he was. Say, I'm the man who do all the surgeries, for open heart surgeries right here at the William Beaumont Hospital on Woodward. When you get ready, we ready for you. Come to see me. I went to see him, make a long story short. He said, you got to pass my physical. God gave me the grace to pass the physical. September the 11, 2018. I was there for 14 days. Seven days intensive care, seven days in step down. My wife ministered for three straight weeks. The fourth week, I was back in the pulpit. God is my witness. Haven't missed a Sunday since. Unless not just volunteer. That's how good God is. And I went to get my physical, Miss Crump. Went to get my physical about a week ago. Let me tell you what the doctor said to me. The same doctor that said to me when my pulse pressure went up to 40, he said, oh, you're doing great, Pastor. You're doing great. I said, yeah, but God not done yet. He said, well, you know, you have to, you have to understand, you, you were down to 15, being at 40 for, for your age, you, you're doing good. I said, okay, praise the Lord. I went back two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I had my six-month checkup. He said, well, you know, Pastor, you're doing great, man. I mean, you, you're doing really good. I said, I said How, what that mean? He said, man, your blood, your pulse, your pulse pressure for your blood is up to 60. And I said, what that mean? He said, you, you, he wanted to say you're healed, but he wouldn't say it. But he said, you're healthy. I mean, you're great. You're doing good. I mean, you're healthy. I said, my God. My God. That scripture came up in my spirit. God, giving thanks to the Father. That's all you can do, man. Could have been in my grave. Could have been dead. That man told me, he said, Pastor, while I did your surgery, I had your heart in my hand. That's when I looked up at him. I said, you did what? He said, oh, yeah, I massaged your heart while I was working on it. He had to do a large valve in aorta. 
Then he did two small valves. He replaced our aorta, and then he, then he put together two more valves. He said, Pastor, you're doing good. Your pulse pressure is up to 60 now. You're healthy. I couldn't do nothing but give thanks to the Father. He's so good to me. I know I got somebody out there who's, who, can, who can understand. When nobody was there to help you, nobody could help you. When I laid on that table, I laid on that table and let them roll me in. I remember nothing else. Four days later, when I came to myself, four days later, before I remembered anything, but when I opened my eyes, hallelujah, you can't do nothing but give God the praise. You can't do nothing but give God the praise. When God has been good to you, you got to give him that praise. That's why I'm on this thing, giving thanks to the Father. Brother, if you can start that going on in your life, every morning, all through the day, listen, when things are going good and things are not going good, give thanks. We're going to take this right on down. One place at everything, give thanks. See, we're going to go there. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks. All this complaining and murmuring, listen, it's bad. But I'm not going to come in here every Sunday and tell you how bad it is. Do what they did when they was in Egypt. You, got, you, you knew what they did. You know what they did. Israel stayed away. Everything that was going on was in the world. And God kept them. All that plagues and stuff did not come near their dwelling. That's why you got to stay away from the world. Come out of the world. Come out from among them. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. God will receive you. Stay out of the world. Stay away from the stuff. You got to let God do his thing now. What a mighty God we serve. Well, let me show you a verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just one verse. In everything, do you understand this thing? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. See, we're going to talk about that one day. One day we're going to go right there probably when we leave. That's the kind of God we serve. Let, let me, I got a couple of things I got to show you before you go. Psalm 103, verse 12. Oh, my God. God has forgiven you. Receive it. Psalms 103. Got to learn how to walk in love. Forgive people. You don't have a time to be angry with people. They don't, if they can't forgive, that's them. You walk in love. You walk in victory. You walk in wealth. You walk in prosperity. You walk in health, everything else. You don't have no time for this other stuff. Spend your time giving him the praise. Get up in the morning, give God the praise. 
people mad with you, hey, give God the praise. That's their problem. They get over it, pray for them. Watch this. Psalm 103 and verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. Now that's the God we serve. Now if you know anything about east and west, you can go west forever. And you cannot go east. If you start going east, you're going to keep going east forever. You keep going west, you go west forever. Listen, as far as the east is from the west, God has removed our transgressions from us. This is the kind of God we serve. This is the kind. God has given us eternal redemption. You have to give him the praise, give him the glory. God has given us eternal redemption. I'm going to show it to you two times. Colossians, that's our teaching, Colossians 1.14. In whom we have redemption through his blood. And he told you what it was. It's the forgiveness of sins. Now don't hear this and end up somebody's church over there baptizing water in Jesus' name. Listen, and you are left where people believe in salvation by grace. You better think about it. It sounds real good, but you go to the church what you believe in. Let me say that again. You go to a church where you believe in their doctrine. No need of you sit up in the church when you don't agree with them. If you don't believe in it, if you don't believe what I'm preaching, just go to a church where preach water baptism and foot wash. That's what you're doing. And I'm telling you right now, as your pastor, salvation is by grace. Salvation is only going to come through what Christ did on the cross. If somebody add to it, it's not grace no more. When somebody tell you you got to do you got to do this, you got to do this, got to do listen, it's no grace no more. The Bible told you it's work or grace. If you add to it, it becomes works. So when you going somewhere where they water baptized and foot washing, you back under the law. You walked away from your salvation. Hey man, my time is up. I tell you. Ephesians 1, 7 told us the exact same thing. Your salvation is only through the blood. In whom we have redemption through his blood, Ephesians 1, 7. The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. According to the riches of his grace. God sacrificed on the cross his own son so you will have eternal life. Don't walk away from it. And thank God going to understand. He's not going to understand. He's not going to understand. If you sit up on the church that believe in water baptism, you're going to have to be, meet the Lord, go before the Lord on what you believe. That is not how you say. Let me give it to you one more time. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, 
according to the scripture, he was buried, God raised him from the dead. That's how you're saved. You're not saved by doing nothing. You're saved by grace. You're saved by what God has already done for you. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.